0: Behind every great beer is an even better story. Welcome to the Beer Healer Interviews. Stone and Wood Brewing needs no introduction. If you love craft beer, I'm tipping you have tried one of their award-winning beers. Chances are you may have even begun your journey into craft beer euphoria by starting off with their iconic Thirst Slaking beer, the Pacific Ale. The brewery was started by three mates, Brad Rogers, Jamie Cook and Ross Juricic, who escaped the dark side of the brewing industry to take a punt on this thing called craft beer way back in 2008. I was doing a bit of digging about my guest today, asking my friends in the industry what he was like, and the resounding reply was, he's a top bloke. He's a bloody good salesman, and a better builder of relationships you won't find. Pretty decent qualities to have working in the craft beer industry, I reckon. Whatever you know about the Stone and Wood Brewery, maybe, like myself, you know bugger all about my guest. I kind of feel that Stone and Wood has been more about the stories of the brewery than maybe the individuals within it. Either way, let's get into finding more about my guest. Welcome to the Beer Healer Interviews, Ross Juricic. G'day, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing well, mate. Thanks very much for joining me tonight. You're welcome. I'll just crack the beer here and we can get started. Yeah, nice. So, mate, look, first up, for all of us who have dreamt of starting a brewery but haven't had the balls to do it, can I just say, you bastards. <laughs>
1: yeah, well. <laughs> jealous. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, mate, i tell you what, you wouldn't have been that jealous, um... Three odd. Uh, well, for the first three years of uh, of the life of Stone and Wood, there was nothing to be jealous of other than uh, um,
0: debt. A lot of hard yards. So um, yeah, anyway. tough going. Mm. Yeah. So I, you know, take you back to two thousand and eight. I don't think we need to go through the full story of how it all got started because I reckon people have probably heard that before. But um, the first kegs you rolled out from Byron Bay, it wasn't actually your groundbreaking beer, the Pacifica, was it?
1: Um, well, it was actually a beer called Draft Ale at the time, and um
0: Uh, Wow. Who was the crazy marketer that came up with that unique name?
1: Well, we've (laughs) always taken a fairly um, simple approach to everything that uh, we do at Stone and Wood. And that's one, because we personally, we just don't like complicating things, but we'd come from an environment where things were overcomplicated in beer. And and we just made a call early on that um, this business is going to be about the simple pleasures of beer. And... um, we just uh, keep it keep it very simple, and and draft ale uh, was a beer that we came up with, which is now called Pacific Ale. But at the time, it was designed to be a beer for draft consumption only, so that's draft beer on tap and uh, yep. and sold just within the within the Northern Rivers, and um, it took off pretty well, and um, we really couldn't hold it back and uh, we decided that we had to stick it into a bottle and um, it's hard to call a beer draft, a draft beer if it's actually in a bottle. Draft means to yeah. draw from a tank. And um, yeah. so we uh, we decided to change the name to Pacific Ale and we were coming up with that name. Um, we were thinking about, uh, you know, lots of different things for it, but at the end of the day it didn't fit into any specific beer style or category and um, we knew that we were as close to the Pacific Ocean as you could possibly be or as any brewery could be. And we thought, oh, well, Pacific Ale sort of suits and we'll uh, we'll run with that.
0: Sounds pretty good to me. And I think that whole idea of keeping it simple, you, that's all you could do really. You're in Byron Bay. It's <laughs> just yeah. simplicity, isn't it? Yeah,
1: that's it. And, um, you know, the whole lifestyle is about being or keeping things simple and. And leading a uh, uh, unobstructed life, if you like, and uh, yeah, it was a perfect place to set up a brewery.
0: You've probably been asked this a million times, but. I- was it anything to do with the band from the 1990s naming the, the brewery?
1: <laughs> Things are starting to move. Happy birthday, Helen, Happy birthday, birthday yeah. Helen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, just a coincidence. And uh, yeah, the, the, the name really goes back to a, um, a style of brewing um, way back when they had no gas fired boilers and, uh, or modern brewing equipment. And to, and to rouse the boil, which is part of the brewing process, what they used to do is take stones, put them on a wood fire. Um, and then take those stones and drop them into what would have been a, uh, uh, a vessel, um, almost like a kettle for them, and uh, that would rouse the boil. And part of that brewing process is what we've tried to bring to life in yeah. the name of Stone and Wood, but it's also a beer that we do each year yeah. called stone. Stone, beer, don't you? Yeah, yeah. stone Beer. Yeah, Stone
0: Beer. Yeah. Oh, it's a nice little story, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there was three of you guys in the business at the start. Was it actually Brad's idea? The whole Pacific Ale thing was it his recipe, or are you going to claim it? Oh, gee, yeah, we've got uh, uh,
1: one thing. I think that's consistent with Stone and Wood. No one seems to claim anything, and uh, uh, <laughs> everyone shares in the in the wins, and we also, team success. Yeah, we well, share in the uh, failures as well. So um, mm-hmm. we did come. Uh, yeah, it's funny how that beer came about because um, Jamie, Brad, and I were sitting in. Brad's kitchen down in Melbourne and um, when we were deciding on what the first beer was going to be and we and we plotted out this thing that was called the beerometer, and we stuck a bunch of a4 pieces of paper together and at one end we had the uh, lightest easiest styles of drinking beer and then at the furthest end we had um, more robust big hoppy beers and we had I oh, don't know maybe 30 or 40 beers to taste that particular evening, and what we did, we just plotted them along our beer our beer flavour spectrum, if you like. And
0: uh, and then uh, put it onto paper, sold it to James Square, and it became their beer flavour spectrum. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that, um, that particular beer flavour spectrum has been around for a while, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing about that is that um, Chuck – uh, Chuck's a good mate of ours. From um,
0: Yeah, uh, I spent a lot of time with Chuck at line.
1: Yeah, Great he's a lovely guy. And uh, Jamie Cook, my business partner, um, they were both at the same conference, uh, the Craft Brewers Conference in the US many years earlier. And uh, when that beer flavor spectrum came up on one of the presentations, Chuck was sitting in front of Jamie. And uh, Chuck was busy busily writing it down at the same <laughs> time <laughs> Jamie was and we used to Use it uh, in our old life at CUB as well, and it's yeah. a great it's a great tool. I'm not sure if anyone can claim it as original, but uh, nah. it's uh, yeah, it's a great bit of
0: gear. That's awesome. So sorry, get back to you were you were drinking thirty beers in a night trying to plot them out.
1: Yeah, we're just tasting all these different beers, and we plotted them on our uh, on our beerometer, if you like, and uh, and we sort of came up with something that we knew would fit the environment. But what we really did was started with a drinking occasion. And uh, in Byron Bay, um, there's a great pub straight across the, the road from the beach. It's called the Beach Hotel. And, um, I was there last weekend. Oh, it's just a beautiful spot. Yeah, And uh, you can be sitting on the beach um, on a hot summer's day. And what we wanted to conjure up this, uh, what what it would be like to be sitting on that beach, super hot summer's day, uh, you wander over to the pub, you've still got the salt water drying on your back. You don't need to wear a shirt at the pub, in the beer garden. And if you're going to walk up to the bar, what was going to be the flavor or the type of beer that you'd like to drink? And we wanted something that did have flavor, that was refreshing, uh, didn't blow your head off when it came to ABV. Um, and it was something that you could have you know, more than one in one sitting.
0: Uh, Has anyone ever told you that you'd make a great marketer?
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Um, No, we just keep telling ourselves that we're good at everything. (laughs) No, um, (laughs) it was just, um, and it was that drinking occasion um, that we said, uh, right, okay, so if that's it, well, then what does a beer have to look like and what does it have to taste like? And referring back to our beerometer, it was, you know, where are we going to plot the ABV? Um, it was unfiltered, so it had a bit of cloud to it. Um, the bitterness was is quite low on it, so again, that um, determined where it was going to be. And anyway, all these different pieces came together to um, to create what Pacific Ale is today. Um, but the key pieces, I guess, was that uh, that Galaxy Hop and and Brad was um, toying around with it in his uh, garage um, up in. Um, up in Byron and, uh, it wasn't widely used at the time. And, um, Brad was playing around with it and he said, I think, I think I've got it here. And we needed something, one that, um, Brad could readily brew. Um, one, oh, the second piece was that Jamie could build, you know, a great brand around and something that I was able to sell out in the marketplace. So we needed to bring all three aspects of that together to create what it is today. And, uh, and I think that's probably one of the advantages that we have. We um, we have empathy for each other's roles, and uh, and uh, we've all got input into what everyone does.
0: And then once you nailed that beer, you rang up Hot Products Australia and said, "We'll take it all." Plant More Galaxy. Yeah,
1: yeah Well, they've been uh, they're more like business partners. Uh, Hot Products Australia. They're lovely guys, and uh, yeah, we've pretty well been joined at the hip ever since.
0: Massive, massive. That's a great story. So, mate, look, ten years or so on fifty. 50- Plus commercial releases, countless pilot batches, and you're now working on building your third brewery in your wildest dreams. Surely you did not imagine that this was going to be this massive. No, we get
1: often get asked that asked that question, that, you know people say, "Oh, you know, you, you sit back and look at what, what you know what's, uh, what's done and what what Stone and Wood has become." Um, but we're still very much in the thick of it day to day, and uh, yeah, I not I'm not sure if anybody really sits back and ponders at what they've got, Um, you know, you see the good and the bad and everything else in between. And uh, I'm sure there's a romantic notion that goes with it, but like anyone's job or anyone's role, the, you know, the day-to-day reality reality of it is um, uh, it's still selling or it's still trying to find a solution to a problem. Well, this breaks down, that breaks down. Oh, far out, we're going to need more capacity for the next summer how 's it going to look, et cetera et cetera so when you 're in in it you know, every day you' you're just um, you 're just rolling with it, and yeah, the next thing you know you 've got a few breweries underway and one hundred and twenty <laughs> odd people and one hundred and twenty wow yeah so
0: it 's awesome uh, are you three um Founding fathers, are you still pretty much hands-on in the brewery? And by hands-on, I don't mean like necessarily brewing, but in and around the brewery every day?
1: Yeah, in in, in different capacities. So um, as you would know, we've got Stone and Wood Brewing Company. We've also partnered up with, uh, uh, with Tommy Delmont um, at Fixation Brewing Company. We have Granite Belt Cider Company. Um, uh, we have a distribution business called Square Keg um, that we've partnered with Gary Hastings on. So we've got lots of different moving. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And um, uh, we have a managing director in Ben Summons that um, runs Stone & Wood Brewing Company, which allows probably Jamie Brad and myself to concentrate on um on building the other things and Oh yeah nice. And we do like building businesses and we like building stuff and um that's what yeah, that's what gets us out of bed every day and we are working with great people and seeing them grow into uh into what they're doing within the business. So yeah. So yeah, we've got our sleeves rolled up and we're into it day to oh, day.
0: I love that you guys are involved in fixation. I spoke to Tommy D the other week on this on this podcast. Have uh, Have you been down to the fixation incubator yet?
1: Yeah, I was just down there last uh, last week, and uh, oh nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's come up a yeah, it's come up a real treat.
0: I, f- I feel like it's a really nice uh, ying for the stone and wood yang, if you feel like. You know, a full IPA focused brand to complement the more relaxed vibe of stone and wood
1: yeah and uh, there's yeah there's a there's a place uh, for that in um, uh, in the Australian drinkers repertoire we believe um, and it's just awesome fun you know when you're uh, when you're solely focused on just doing one thing um, you know you can afford to invest in doing it really well and um, yeah know there's no better person to head that up than than tommy Dolma on his Really is Australia's Mr. IPA,
0: yeah. No, he's a ripper, ripping bloke, and I love the fact how how transparent you are with everything. Mm. You know, there's no hiding from the fact you're all in bed together and it's great,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: As I said, you're building your third brewery now. Is this the last one?
1: Oh, gee whiz, I'm not sure if it'll be the last. Yeah, I don't think we would have got to this many. How many have we got? We've got
0: one. Well, you've you've got the three stone and woods, haven't you? Then you've got fixation. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, We're about to put another um, uh, pilot plant into Brisbane as well.
0: Brisbane, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that, yeah.
1: We've got the two brew houses in the Mwoolambar site. Um, We've got the original 25 Heck brew house in Byron Bay that we're relocating to a, a new purpose-built site, mate. No, I, I, I dare say it won't be the won't be the last. We uh, <laughs> uh, we enjoy setting them up, and we love yeah, we love brewing and. So where there's, while there's always an opportunity to set up another one, we'll um, yeah we'll be happy to look at it.
0: I love. I drove past the the new one on the way into Byron Bay the other day, and it looks absolutely fantastic. And I said to my wife, said like that's a really clever spot spot to be. You know, you cannot miss that on the way into Byron Bay, can you? So you just immediately tie back. The brand to the to the area.
1: Yeah, we're quite fortunate with that uh with that spot and um yeah, Stoneham Wood is ten years old today and it's taken us uh Today. Sorry, not today, this year. Oh, sorry, God. I do apologize. we sort of uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what though, it's not far away. The twenty eighth of November was the first day that we had beer roll out the gates in Byron. Oh beautiful. Um but uh uh, yeah, it's taken us ten years to get to that point, and uh, I know a lot of other breweries have um, you know, purpose-built sites um, from the get-go, but we've always uh, taken a quite a conservative approach on how we spend money and capital and what have you. So, yep. um, sort of feel like old kids on the block sometimes, but uh, that's still our first build for a um, or a purpose-built. Yep. Yep. build for a brewery so yeah.
0: what are the stats on on the size of the brewery and all that sort of stuff
1: oh we've just relocated the original 25 heck brew house oh, right. uh, that we had in baronia place uh into that site so right um yeah i think we're I th- one of the advantages that we have or something that we've done well at is uh is spending capital and um no need for a brand new brewery when we've got a perfectly good one there. It was just a matter of moving it.
0: Yeah, cool, cool. Do you miss those old days, getting started with the whole the whole thing and all the excitement and flying on the seat of your pants when you just wing it a bit? Do you, do you miss that? Uh, yes and
1: no. We get to experience that with the other things that we're setting up, you know, with um, with the other businesses, and I guess we're in a more comfortable position to be able to do that because, um, as I alluded to in in the first couple of minutes uh, of our chat, um, those first. First three years were were brutal, and um, you know we didn't make any money. We, um, yeah, the P and L looked like a looked like a murder scene. It was just red everywhere, <laughs> and uh, it really was just flying by the seat of your pants. But but those first three years um, really developed uh, quite a strong uh, discipline and, and culture around how we do things in the business, and it's kept us in good stead ever since.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. In my opinion, one of the best achievements for you guys is the the way you've remained independent. And I know that's something you guys are quite passionate and vocal about. Does it annoy the shit out of you when your brewery name is mentioned every other week as being bought out by one of the big guys? And I say that because I was at dinner last week in Brisbane, and one of the guys I was having dinner with, he said, my business partner just told me Stone and Wood got sold. Does that piss you off?
1: Oh, no. You know, at the end of the day, there's a number of breweries in the last few years that have been – Bought by Lion and Fosters and, you know, when you're, what are we now, one of 550 uh, independent brewers in Australia. Yeah. Surely people are going to say, okay, so who's next, who's next? And, uh, and you yeah, know, we're of the opinion everybody is uh, entitled to sell their business. Yep. Um, we just, uh, we enjoy what we do. We, we don't know how to do anything else. So we're not, we, we, we haven't come from other industries into brewing. Yeah. Our whole careers have been in beer. Um, we love what we do. Uh, we enjoy getting out of bed, and doing it every day. It's not actually work for us. It's uh, it's a hobby that uh, we get to call work. So
0: can I just reiterate my first comment? You, bar- you bastard <laughs> yeah. again?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's um, yeah, yeah. Everybody has their, their own reasons for um, for getting into into beer and brewing, and uh, ours was never get never to get into it. To build it up and sell it, and that's why we we take a different approach and we reinvest everything into the brewery. We're still building things as we go, and um, yeah, we respect the decision of others to um, to build their businesses and sell them. But we're um, yeah, we've often just called bullshit on uh, <laughs> on on how you take that message to the marketplace, and we're very much believers that uh, you do owe your customers, which are the hotels and the bottle shops. And you drink as something because they're the ones who have got you into a position to be able to sell your business in the first place.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I, I love the fact that despite your size, and, and let's be real, you, you're getting quite large with all your different bits and pieces going on. Despite all of that, you're still seen as one of the the good guys, which is absolutely fantastic. How do you think you guys have been able to achieve that?
1: Uh, um, independent beer is, even though we have 550 odd breweries, it is still quite a small uh, small community. Um, and there's a lot of very passionate people, um, in this game and it's great fun, um, mixing with them and doing things with them. And we are quite transparent in, uh, in our approach and we're more than happy to help anyone who's, um, who's looking at getting in into beer and into brewing and just paying it forward. Yeah, it's paying it forward, you know, and we've, yeah, we, yeah we've been on the receiving end of, uh, of other brewers hospitality, not only here in Australia, but elsewhere and, uh yeah we feel that um i think well we feel everyone's obliged to help everyone in a pre competitive yeah. um, area you know we call it pre competitive collaboration um you know when you're out in the marketplace well that's a you know that's different because we're all we're all looking for taps and shelf space and what have you but um pre that um when it comes to the quality of your beer and sharing of information so we're all making um good quality beer well uh, we think it's in Everyone's interest to be uh, sharing in that.
0: Yeah, cool. It sort of feels a little bit like the way you know Sierra Nevada have done it in the states. You know, they're very they're very inclusive of others, despite being you know their breweries are as big as some of our biggest mainstream breweries out here. Did you did you take any cues from any of those sort of overseas breweries in the way that they've handled it as they've grown?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, and yeah, but we've been to both the Sierra Nevada's breweries a number of times. Um, we've got a great relationship with the guys out of New Belgium uh, in Fort oh, yeah. Collins. Um, we visit those guys each year. Um, they've been out here to Australia. You know, different people in their business
0: have been out here. When's the first collaboration coming out? Yeah, we
1: don't, <laughs> uh, it's probably on the card somewhere. We haven't got anything uh, penciled in, but um, uh, yeah, they're great. Uh, they're great people for uh, the craft or independent uh, brewing game. And uh, we've learned a lot from them and they've been very generous in uh, sharing information with us.
0: Yeah, mate, look, the, the global community of craft beer just seems to always want to give back and be inclusive. It's just it's just awesome to be a part of it, I reckon.
1: Yeah, it is. It's a, it, it, it's a great community. And even as we get bigger here in Australia, um, yeah, like the guys in the US and what have you, um, there's still – uh remains a um a collegial feel to it, and uh, it's yeah, it's fantastic.
0: yeah, absolutely. Now we spoke about rumors a little bit earlier, and I don't want to add any further fuel to any rumors, but I have heard another one. Please yes. tell me it's true, Pacific ale in Cairns this summer.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. all the <laughs> – yeah, well, I think that's probably the, one of the worst kept secrets we've, uh, yeah, with – I'm God not I'm that
0: great a journalist. It's, <laughs> it wasn't hard to hear it. No, no, no.
1: We're, um, yeah, and there's that many people working on it at the moment. Um, yeah, it was something that we had um, uh, that we'd been looking at for you know, quite a few years and um, the struggle that we had was trying to find the right – uh keg line sorry can line and um there's sort of you you had extremes you had uh um smaller um slow machines or um larger high speed machines and there wasn't really any middle ground which is what's which was something that we were looking at and uh so we just took our time to make sure that we found uh the right the right can line and um and uh yeah we're 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 there soon, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have cans out before before too long.
0: That will give you a nice little bump up for summer. fantastic. It's one one of those things too, like Pacific ale has been around for for quite a while. It's you know won awards, it's been the hottest one hundred beer, all that sort of thing. Every now and then, you just need something just to remind drinkers you know why they fell in love with it and how great it was. For me, it feels like putting it into cans is going to just give it that little. Hey, don't forget about me over here. While you move on to your double IPAs and everything, all that sort of thing. You know, I got you started in this game. Don't forget about me.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair, yeah, fair enough. It'll be easier to take fishing and camping, I guess.
0: Oh, absolutely. That'll be a great boating be- when you're stationary on the boat on the beach, of course. Yeah,
1: yeah, but it's uh, you know it's still that beer that um, people you know come into into this category because they're looking to experiment. Um, and they will experiment with IPAs, double IPAs, um, fruit IPAs, you, you know, wheat beers, stouts, blah, 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 every conceivable different style of beer. And um, I think we're quite fortunate that um, a lot of people will come back yeah. to Pacific Ale um, as a go-to beer and then launch into something else from that again. It's just – yeah, it's just um, – yeah, it's just one of those things where we're Absolutely. Quite, quite fortunate to have uh, come up with it.
0: You can only drink so many double IPAs before you fall over. So I was <laughs> Yeah, talk to talk about that. A good <laughs> um, we, we, talked, we mentioned a little bit earlier about the fact that we're over 500 uh, breweries in the market now. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something like 40 have popped up in the last three months Do you think there's still room to grow, or are we starting to reach that saturation point like what we saw in the USA a few years ago? It
1: feels like we're starting to hit the ceiling, there's no doubt about it, and, um, well, it's very crowded out there. Um, Taps placements are becoming increasingly difficult to find. Um, Shelf space is crowded. Yeah, it's not easy, and uh, to be starting a brewery today um, people often ask, is it, would you know, it would be harder to start a brewery today or when you guys did 10 years ago? And I'm, I don't really know the answer because 10 years ago, people were only just entering the whole...
0: Yeah, just finding out about it, weren't
1: yeah, they? craft beer space. So it was... Uh, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of education. There was, a, you know, our beer, well, our beers, but Pacific Ale in particular was a weird and wacky thing, this fruity, weird ale. Um, today it's uh, very much an approachable... Um, uh, go to go to beer, but back then it wasn't. So the drinker is more readily acceptable of flavour in beer. Um, however, it's a very crowded marketplace, and um, it's not easy to get your beer out there either. Yeah.
0: I reckon either now or 10 years ago, you've got to have big balls.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just be committed for the long term. Um, And when we set out about doing Stone and Wood, uh, it was always a long-term play for us. We knew that we are going to hemorrhage cash for that first three years. Uh, We had a very detailed three- to five-year business plan and we were just prepared that it was going to take time and we were just going to have to see it out.
0: Probably that, uh, that time you spent on the dark side with CUB probably held you in good stead because of all of those sorts of things when you are working in the big beer. You've got to dot your I's and cross your T's and have your plans and all those sorts of things because I think sometimes, you know, home brewers want to go pro and think, i just got to brew great beer, but it's so much more than that. And at the end of the day, it's a business.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's, you know, Jamie Brad and I were the first people in the 120-year history of Foster's. To have left the brewing and go and start our own, oh, wow. uh, and the reason for that is that you needed everyone in their area of expertise uh, to want to leave really good paying jobs, mortgage everything that they've got, um, convince your better half that it's a good idea, <laughs> yeah. um, and then and then have a crack. So, um, yeah, yeah, we were planning Stone and Wood for two years before we kicked it off. Wow, and uh, and, and that was two years very well spent. Yeah, absolutely. And, even today, a lot of the things that we set up back then have held us in a great position.
0: So the three amigos have been married in business for ten to fifteen years. Mm. How do, like any good marriage, you've got to keep the keep the spirit alive. How have you guys been able to do that with each other?
1: Uh, I think it's a couple of things. One, it's just a shared interest uh, or a shared hobby. You know, and we just love doing what we do. The other piece is well, I, you know, we weren't we weren't three mates who went in to do a business together. We were three workmates who went into business. So we knew how each other worked and we'd worked together for many, many years. Um, So we knew each other's working style, um, their commitment to to work or a work ethic. Uh, And I think the other piece to it is we have shared values um, in, in most things. So it's, you know, it's business ethics, it's, you know, it's outside of business, you know, the ethics that we, you know, that we hold. We're, we're a family-orientated business. Um, we're family oriented people and, yeah, we still, the three of us just still do lots of things together and have dinner at each other's houses. We don't live in each other's pockets. We get everyone together whenever we can and, um, yeah, we still really enjoy each other's company inside of work and outside of work.
0: Oh, that's, that's nice. Is, is there a second generation of Three Amigos being groomed to take over, the kids? Oh, yeah. We've got, um,
1: uh, well, obviously we all have kids. Um, we have one of the second generation working in the business at the moment, and that's Jamie's uh, Jamie's younger son, Anthony. Uh, we call him 2.0 because he's a <laughs> new improved version. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But um, other than Anthony, Anthony, the other um, Brad's kids and my kids are too young. Too young, yeah. But um, and, and that's fine. You know, our kids may not even want to go into the beer game, and that's their, um, you know, that's their decision. But that's their loss. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. But we set out uh, a long time ago to build uh, a succession plan uh, in our business, and uh, we're firm believers that if you don't have a Direction and you don't have a succession plan, you are a business for sale and uh, and we've made sure that we have direction, we have a succession plan, we have great people and great depth uh, within the business and um, um, the business is in good shape for a lot of years to come uh, with the quality of people that we currently have in it. Yeah,
0: nice. What do you, what do you think is the best thing about being in the industry? Ah. Uh,
1: it's gotta be the people. Um, and it's not only our fellow brewers, but um, you know, we have great customers out there. Uh you know, the people who we sell our beer to and then they yeah. unsell to drinkers. Um um it's conversing with drinkers at beer festivals. Uh it's the opportunity to have an outlet for your own creativity. So you could go on and on. It's uh you know, you get to have a you know, beer with friends all the time. People Absolutely. coming through the breweries, it's uh yeah, it's a, it's yeah. Where 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 would you stop?
0: Yeah, but I'm sure there are also concerns that you have. So, what keeps you up at night these days? Uh, good question.
1: Um, there's always, well, we've always got you know one project or another on the go, um, and with those projects, is you know, there's a million different details. You wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh shit, what about this or what about that? Yeah, there's no one particular thing. Um, you know we're always very mindful um of the quality uh, of the beer that we have out there. you're only as good as your last beer and yep. you know before any one of our beers uh, hits the hits the shelves or hits the taps it's been through hundreds and hundreds of different micro tests and uh yeah we take that uh, we take that very seriously it doesn't keep us up at night but uh
0: that's fair enough. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's only one particular thing, but there's a yeah. whole,
0: whole bunch of things, I guess. <laughs> um, reflecting back, what would you change? Anything you might do differently over the last ten years? Hmm. Yeah, yeah,
1: I think every business has their shit. We didn't think of that moment, and um, I think yeah, early on in those first few years, we were uh, we were undercapitalised, like most startups. Yeah. Um, and it didn't matter how much planning we'd done, what the business plan looked like. Um, it didn't take long before we were up and running that we discovered that we're going to run out of cash pretty quickly. Yeah. And, um, and we ended up selling a, a, a share of Stone and Wood to Little Creatures when they were, um, uh, oh, when they were a right publicly listed company. Yep. Um, and um, uh, we knew those guys, particularly Jamie, from an earlier life. Um, uh, those guys were ex, well, they started a Bay Brewing Company yeah. you know, back in the late 80s and uh, Jamie had spent some time there with them. Um, and it was a good fit, you know. They thought the way that we thought and um, approached the market the same way. And um, as it turned out, when little creatures were taken out by Lion Nathan, there was an opportunity for us to buy our shares back, and um, and and we did that. But that whole process, um, yeah, selling two little creatures allowed us to to stay viable for another few years. And. Um, and then we on when we bought our share back, then we then on sold it to a handful of individual investors, which again allowed us to build the next brewery, which was a Melbourne brewery.
0: Oh, nice, nice! And if, if craft beer hadn't exploded, what do you reckon you guys would be doing these days?
1: <laughs> uh, good question. One of the reasons we um, oh, we set up in Byron was because one, it was a community that uh, really celebrated diversity. Uh, they're a very parochial and loyal community, the Northern Rivers. Yeah. Uh, we knew that we'd have support, but we also thought, well, if it all turns to shit, well, we're in a beautiful spot. So uh, <laughs> we'll just end up living in um, old fermentation tanks. And uh, so, yeah, we go.
0: Grow your hair long and braid it or whatever and walk around <laughs> with bare feet yeah that's it that's the number it. of people I saw last weekend riding bicycles in bare feet was unreal
1: yeah no helmets I don't know yeah, sure.
0: no. <laughs> no, that's a thing in Byron too damn the man bugger the rules who cares yeah exactly <laughs> well mate thanks for joining me tonight before you go though I've got my fast five questions I like to ask so I've got five questions in 90 seconds do you reckon yes, you're up
1: for it absolutely far away
0: fantastic Ross your time starts now has beer ever led you astray many times can you give me details or is it secret? Your wife can hear this.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's led me astray to the point where I probably can't even remember.
0: It's led you overseas too. I've, I've seen your um, Instagram pics.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's It has literally led us all around the world.
0: Absolutely. Who's the most famous person you've ever shared a beer with?
1: Oh, wow, that's a tough one. Um,
0: oh, bragger. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> no, well, no, I'm just trying to wreck my brain. We've had... Um, it's been so uh, many... <laughs> no, no, not that. They're probably more beer people um, than anyone. Um, come back to that one. I've, there's someone in my brain. I just oh. can't remember his name.
0: What's beer done for you that nothing else ever has?
1: Uh, it's given us a lot of uh, a lot of freedom um, to do a lot of different things. Yeah, as in uh, creative outlets. Um, it's literally taken us around the world numerous times. Um, uh, yeah, I'm so thankful to what beer has provided us. So. Yeah, the list life. just goes on.
0: Yeah. What's the best beer experience you've ever enjoyed?
1: do oh, the last one. Uh, <laughs> one of the great things that we do, is probably going to take a little bit longer than nine seconds, but uh, okay. one of the great things that we do is uh, we have a five-year service award uh, within the business. And if you've been with uh, our business for five years, We'll take you to Germany and we'll drink through the different beer regions down through Bavaria. We actually start off in Brussels and we work our way south to Düsseldorf, Cologne, Bamberg, uh, down to Tettnang and then end up in Munich. We call it the to Munich. Yep. And just enjoying those different beers and those different regions um, with people who have been with our business for five years uh, is, is very memorable yeah, and it's something – that we get a great deal of satisfaction from.
0: And I'm assuming we'd build very loyal s- staff.
1: Yeah, 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 it does. What and great um, experience. Yeah, we, we are creating or we get to create uh, great beer experiences but also life experiences yeah. um, in that as well.
0: Yeah, nice. Uh, the time has expired but I don't care. This is my podcast. I can do whatever I want. What's the, <laughs> <laughs> what's the biggest thing you've, you've learned in your craft beer journey or the most important thing?
1: Hmm. Uh, that you never get to a point uh, in business where you say, okay, we can finally put our feet up, we're there. Um, and I think that goes with any business. It's relentless. Um, and day in or day after day, you're trying to um, ensure that you're staying on top of your game. Um, you have competitors who um, Uh, challenging you all the time, and that's a great thing about competition. It makes you better. It makes your business better. Um, But... Yeah, you never get to a point where you go, okay, we've done it, we're there, okay, we can take a breath now because that time never, ever comes.
0: Yeah, you never know when the next Pacific Pacifica might be made by somebody else trying to knock you off the perch, do you?
1: Yeah. Now, coming back, Chris, to your most famous yes. person, Matt Damon, uh, the actor. Damon. has been <laughs> yeah, He's been quite a, uh, uh, quite a regular at the uh, uh, Stonewood Brewery in Byron. So uh, he, does uh, he have a house in Byron? No, but I think he's been spending a fair bit of time with Chris Hemsworth there, oh, and, yeah. Um, and yeah, they hang out together, and uh, yeah, he's been uh, part of the furniture for the last six months.
0: Is Chris Hemsworth a beer drinker?
1: Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he's a uh, yeah, he's a great um, a great supporter um, of Stone and Wood. Yeah, you know, he's a local Northern Rivers guy. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, if you just do a bit of uh, Google searching, you'll see him drinking. Standing with gales. here, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah.
0: I've been trying. Everybody I've been talking to on these podcasts, I've been trying to work out who's a, a a celebrity that loves craft beer. That you know, we want them to you know shout it from the rooftops and try and build or help build you know the craft beer industry. And we c- we can never seem to come up with anybody who's massive. But I'd say Thor's about about up there. Yeah, it's,
1: yeah. in that space, he's as big as they get, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Oh well, I'm just going to get my people to talk to his people and see if he, <laughs> the beer healer interviews i'm sure it'll happen at some stage sooner or later i'm, I'm looking for you chris hemsworth i know you're listening mate uh, no mate i've absolutely enjoyed uh our chat tonight thank you so much and i was gonna say thanks to dave myers for uh putting the two of us in 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 uh, contact that is the beauty of this craft beer industry that uh despite all of your success and um you know you're a very busy man you're able to Get online with a bloke in Hobart tonight and have a chat for half an hour about uh, about craft beer. It's just it's just fantastic, and I absolutely love it. And I really appreciate your time. So thanks very much, mate.
1: It's been a great chatting, Chris.
0: Thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out. And uh, cheers to great beers, of course. Cheers. Good on you. Thanks for tuning in to another Beer Healer interview. I really hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I did. If you want to follow along with more Beer Healer content, you can check out my Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. Just search Beer Healer, or you can visit beerhealer.com. If you like the podcast, can you please help me spread the word by subscribing and rating it, and sharing it with your beer-loving friends. Till next time, cheers to great beer stories.